you doing? So some people have a short week this week, uh, and this is the last day of their week because we're rolling into Thanksgiving, and a lot of places give you Thanksgiving and the next day off. So, you know, I thought that I would share with you an experience that just happened to me, and it kind of triggered something that relates to Thanksgiving week. So I was at the playground with Phoenix, and we were just swinging on the swing, and there was another little girl there, um, and her eyes were beautiful. They were like, you know, really light blue on the outside with a dark blue ring on the inside. And I was like, wow, you have beautiful eyes. And the woman that was pushing her said, oh, thanks. She get those, she gets those from her dad. And I looked at her and I noticed her eyes were very similar. They were green, but they had the light on the outside and the dark on the inside. So I said, oh, you have beautiful eyes as well. I could see how she gets them from you. And then I paused and I was like, I'm sorry. I'm assuming that, you know, you're her mom. You know, she could have been a nanny. She could have been an adoptive mom. She could have been anyone. And so to assume somebody gets their eye color from somebody is is a pretty big assumption. And she said, no, no, that's fine. I'm her mom. Um, but I realized that this is something that we do often, right? We um, comment on kids' appearances or we see kids with an adult and we say, oh, wow, you're tall like your mom or you're tall like your dad. And for kids that are in foster care or have been adopted, it can be kind of awkward because they don't have the DNA from their the parent that they're with right there. So then it puts them in a position like, okay, thanks, <laughs> you know, but but we didn't get it. We made a lot of assumptions. So, you know, this goes into Thanksgiving week because I think when it comes to traditions and when it comes to things that are customs in our society, we just assume that everybody celebrates in the same way, that everybody would be joyous and excited and happy and eating turkey. And uh, we make a bunch of assumptions. And then in our best intent, we try to relate to people that way. So we ask them questions about their holiday, making a bunch of assumptions, which can make people that don't share those customs or don't share uh, the same emotions that we share about those times and customs and traditions, we can make them uncomfortable and put them in a position where they have to either, you know, lie and go along with it, or it can trigger some emotions for them. So I am going to walk you through just some awareness that we can have during the holidays, during Thanksgiving week, and possibly some things that we can say instead um, that are just a little bit more aware of other people's feelings and not imposing our feelings and our excitement and our traditions and our customs on others. I'm Rebecca Britt, and this is the Stable Moments Podcast. I started this podcast to understand from all perspectives how we can help end the foster care crisis. The overwhelming response was we need to support our local communities. Unwanted, abandoned, orphaned children are the community's responsibility. We must support, guide, love, invest, raise up generations that will nurture, love, and support their own children to end this crisis. So the purpose of this podcast is to build an army of people that are interested and willing to take responsibility of our foster youth and who are supportive of foster and adoptive families. This is the on-ramp for people who want to get involved but might not know where to start. 
I want this to be a place where community members feel like they can make a difference, where they feel good enough to make that difference, and believe that they can be a big deal in the life of a child. Thanks for being part of our community and make sure to join the conversation in the Stable Moments podcast Facebook group. Together we can end the foster care crisis. All right, so I know this year is tough for a lot of people. It just has been a crazy year. And when we look at Thanksgiving this year, I think it's really important that we acknowledge that it might not look like we wanted it to. We might not be visiting family. We might not be having the meal that we usually have. We might not be gathering together uh, like we normally do. And I think we should acknowledge kind of the loss of that because we needed it more than ever this year, right? We needed to come together and we needed to get our feelings validated and, and share stories and share time. And when even that is taken away from us, it can just feel so empty, right? And I know a lot of people are dealing with disappointment of not being able to have their big family gatherings. And I think it is important that we feel all of those emotions and we realize that this isn't normal. This isn't a normal year. And we're really not giving ourselves the time to disconnect and break and reconnect with family and people who love and know us so well. So I want to give you permission to do that. But I also want to shine a light on the fact that this is how children in foster care may feel every year. Okay, because every year that a child is brought into care and then is in a new setting for their Thanksgiving or their holiday or a tradition, their birthday, whatever, they're feeling this. And regardless of how much we try to make it the most amazing time ever, they're missing something. They're missing their family. They're missing how they did it at their house. They're missing their side dishes. They're missing whatever their customs were. And, you know, I made a huge mistake one year as a social worker where I was so excited to plan a child's first Thanksgiving away from their home and I wanted to make it so good. And we had put in a bunch of extra money and gotten them, you know, all of the things that they needed for a nice meal and delivered it to their house and I really imposed everything that I thought a great Thanksgiving would be on this kid and his family. And so everybody was really excited about it. And during that uh, Thanksgiving, you know, of course, I was off with my family. I had done all the prep work and I kind of left that family to be on their own for the holiday. But when I got back to work on Monday, I heard that that kid had had a huge meltdown, that they needed to call crisis, that uh, the crisis team was brought in and that that kid needed to be placed in temporary housing and and the foster parents who were working towards adoption were really questioning everything they were shocked by how horribly the thanksgiving had gone and felt like the child had kind of ruined their thanksgiving and they were nervous for their biological kids and they were distraught so i was trying to figure out you know where did we go wrong um And I wanted to kind of figure it out by talking to the child. So when the child came back from the temporary uh, crisis bed and back into their home, you know, I did many sessions of just hanging out and talking to that kid. And what I realized was we put a lot of pressure on making Thanksgiving great 
when nothing we could have done would have made Thanksgiving great for that kid. You know, it doesn't matter how nice the turkey is or how many sides the kid had or how many games we played that day. Everything that we did was a indirect suggestion that his bio family was not enough because his bio family never afforded a turkey. His bio family didn't put all the sides together. They didn't sit down at the nice table with the nice silverware. Uh, But what they did do is they went and they got fast food and they ate it in their car. And fast food was actually a treat for him. So I feel like, you know, we have really good intentions of making things special, but they're our idea of special. And had I just stopped and asked that kid, hey, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. What do you normally do during Thanksgiving? Uh, What meals do you usually like? What customs did you have with your mom? You know, what, what makes you excited about Thanksgiving? What are you not excited about? And let them have feelings of missing their mom and missing their family. I I think there's this part of us that wants to just make everything okay and make everything great and not acknowledge the fact that something's missing, right? And, and it feels very fake and pretendy and not right. And it doesn't matter how amazing it is. If you don't belong, you don't belong. And then there's pressure of everybody being like, we did all this for you. And the kid never even wanted it. So it creates this pressure cooker of like, I'm sorry that I'm, but I don't belong in this family. And that can definitely present itself as big behavioral outbursts and even pushing to, to get out of the family, right? Having behaviors, it's like, this is not for me. That's really what they're screaming with all of the behaviors or throwing the food around or knocking over tables or whatever. They're saying, you know, I don't belong here or my mom is good enough. You know, McDonald's was good enough and that's what I wanted today. Not your stupid games and what you think was good for me. So there needs to be a level of understanding and just a level of exploration and curiosity that we have with kids when we're asking them, you know, what they want. What was it like for them? What are they feeling right now? So I think this is important because, you know, as mentors of children or teachers or service workers or whatever, we go, we so easily go right into like, okay, how do we make this good for someone? And it is so natural for us to take what's good for us and to apply it to somebody else. Um, That we are going to make everything that we like about the holiday and give it to them. And that's sweet, but it's not addressing their actual needs. So when we're working with kids, you know, there's a lot of things that we say, like, are you excited about Thanksgiving? If they're not excited about Thanksgiving and they're missing their mom and they don't really feel like doing Thanksgiving with the family that they're in, or they don't really know how to reconcile the emotions that are coming up, asking them if they're exciting about Thanksgiving kind of imposes that they should be excited. And then this can induce shame because they don't feel excited. And once again, they're, they're different. And how would you understand? So you can say like, Hey, how are you going to use your couple days off? Or how are you feeling about Thanksgiving? Because if you say, how are you feeling about Thanksgiving? It's open-ended. So it allows them to say, uh, I don't know, or I'm excited, or it's my favorite time of the year, or I miss my mom, right? 
So if you just say, how are you feeling about Thanksgiving? Then they can respond in a way that opens the conversation and lets you validate them and explore what they're actually feeling, right? And then you can address that. Like, oh, what did you used to do uh, on Thanksgiving? Or what do you normally do on Thanksgiving? What does your family do? And gosh, I wish I had asked those questions because I would have incorporated McDonald's somehow. Or maybe I wouldn't have. I would have asked the kid, do you want us to, um, could we all go to McDonald's? Would that help? And maybe he'd be like, no, because that's something I did with my mom. And now you guys are kind of imposing on my traditions. It's just important to not assume and to ask, what would you like to do? Maybe they, they can figure out a visitation with the mom. Or maybe if not a visitation, maybe writing a letter. Um, talking about how much we love those chicken nuggets on Thanksgiving. Some way to incorporate the mom and maybe not, you know, indirectly show that their mom wasn't good enough through our customs. You know, I'm not saying that you change everything about what you do or, or change anything about what you do, but it's about the kid's experience. And it's just so normal for us to want to impose our experience. And when we do that, We make them feel like they don't belong because they're not an individual that we appreciate. They're someone that we're trying to fit into our mold. And I get that this is always done with the most uh, best intention, right? We never want to think that we do this, but we often jump to solutions. We often jump to, I'm going to make this better in the best way that I know how to make this better. And we really want to make things better for us. We want to make things better so that everything is okay and we don't have to deal with conflict. It's just natural for us to want to create a solution. But you can stop and dive into like, hey, what would make this better? Hey, if this is a tough time of year for you, I'm sensitive to that. I'm open to listening. And that's really all that it takes is being open to listen, ask exploratory questions, those open-ended questions that we always talk about. Ask, what are you doing on your two days off? How are you feeling about it? What does your favorite, like best Thanksgiving look like? Ask all your kids that, right? Ask anybody that you come into contact with. What does an amazing Thanksgiving look like for you? And then if you're not somebody that actually has Thanksgiving with this kid, Uh, you know, if you're a mentor or teacher or whatever, you can just say like, wow, that's so cool. I like some of those things too. Or I had never even thought of that. I might try that. That's a great idea. Or, oh, I could see why you would like that. And then if you are somebody that's having Thanksgiving with those kids, or, you know, um, you're the foster parent or adoptive parent or whatever, then you can work in new traditions so that that kid feels like there's a space in the family for their ideas and for their ideal uh, Thanksgiving. And obviously this can be applied to birthdays and other traditions that, that we celebrate. But, you know, I know that schools and our community usually has just the best thoughts and intentions when they are doing things like decorating for Thanksgiving and talking about Thanksgiving plans and talking about Thanksgiving foods. Um, but even when it comes down to different cultures, right? Like side dishes and different stuff, like every family does it differently. Um, and so 
just having some side dishes or maybe even getting side dishes or uh, dishes from the biological parents uh, so that you can incorporate those dishes into um, their Thanksgiving. Now, I don't expect that everybody gets this right. I always am making assumptions still. I hear things come out of my mouth and I'm like, that was a lot of assumptions. And you know what I do? That's exactly what I say. Just like with the um, woman at the playground with the eye color. I was like, oh, you know what? I just assumed that you were her biological mom and I understand that that's a big assumption. Um, and I feel like had she been an adoptive mom or uh, an aunt or a nanny or something that she would have said, oh, actually I'm not. And, you know, thank you for that. So it's really just making sure that everybody belongs in this world and that our assumptions and the things that we say are not excluding anyone. Um, but it doesn't mean that we're not going to make judgments and assumptions. We always do, right? But I think that as soon as you make one, you know, if you say, hey, are you excited about Thanksgiving? Um, you can say like, you know what? I just, I just assumed that you would be excited about Thanksgiving. How about you tell me how you feel about Thanksgiving? Um, you can just correct it right there. It's not this big thing that you need to get right all the time, right? Because it's really important that kids actually see that we make mistakes and that we address them and we go, oh, that was an assumption. I'm labeling something that I did. I'm correcting it. I'm taking ownership for my language and my assumptions. And those are really, really good things to model for anyone in our, our community, um, other adults even. So uh, it's not about getting it right. <laughs> it's about expanding your awareness and understanding how our words can affect people and um, understanding what assumptions we make. And a lot of times we don't realize what assumptions we already have, um, what biases and assumptions we already make until they come out of our mouth. And then we feel weird about them. And I used to, you know, walk away from the situation and go, oh, I shouldn't have said that. And then had anxiety about it for a while and thought, oh, I'm so awkward. I hope she didn't feel this way. So it's really a service to myself to stop right there and say, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I just made an assumption there or that came out wrong. I didn't mean to say that. Um, and usually people appreciate the correction and, uh, and then I don't have a bunch of anxiety and walk away from something feeling open-ended and uh, like I didn't acknowledge something that I knew was awkward or, or not what I meant, right? None of us want to hurt anybody's feelings. None of us want to make people feel like they don't belong or that they don't have a place. So we just do our best, right? And I think that that's all we can strive for is to do our best and then to be able to be humble and notice when we're not doing our best. So going into this Thanksgiving, I want you guys to acknowledge that it's different. Take the break that we all need right now. Like I feel like there's just an exhausted energy in the collective consciousness. And maybe it's because I'm pregnant. Maybe you guys are not feeling this. And if you are feeling in your groove and energetic and just on it, go with your bad self. Do not let my pregnancy energy affect you. But uh, I feel like there's kind of this exhausted energy and I, you know, take the break, even if you're not with family and you're not able to do what you normally can do, give yourself a rest and, you know, acknowledge that you've been through a lot this year. And if you have a place to belong, if you have a family to belong and you have people around you that understand you, you, um, 
do know that even if you can't get together with your family, that typically every Thanksgiving you do have a place to go, then, you know, think about and really appreciate that because there are people that don't have a place to go or have been removed from their home and they have to make new traditions and everything every day might be difficult, but big traditions, family gathering times that the whole world puts this huge emphasis on that just don't feel that happy or beautiful to you. That's a big deal. So just understanding that not everybody has that feeling of belonging and everybody deep down wants that feeling of belonging. And what we can do is not only acknowledge that, but make people through our language and through our questions and through how we interact with them, make them feel like they do belong in this world, that they do have a place here and that we understand them and we acknowledge them and that we validate them. Thanksgiving piece for you guys. It's a short episode. Next week, we sit down with somebody that's incredible. Ashley Mitchell is the owner of Knee to Knee, uh, and she set out to seek increased care, understanding, and resources for birth mothers. So she's a birth mom herself. She placed her child with an adoptive family, and she realized that there really wasn't that much support for a mom, a birth mom that goes home without a child whose body is ready to raise a child and to nurture a child. So there was a lot that came with that, and she, over the years, dealt with her own healing, and then she has developed a curriculum to offer adoption agencies to make sure that the mother is not forgotten and that the mother gets these healing services that they so deserve. So tune in next week to hear from Ashley. I hope you guys all have an amazing holiday, however you choose to spend it. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week.